0: Junior, Cleveland Browns left tackle, and are listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkart, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandemotter.
1: Hello, folks. It's good to be back. And we got a special episode talking about the Cleveland Browns and the upcoming draft day coming up here on the 28th. We got a lot to talk about, so I, I think we're just gonna hop right in, John. Before we do though, is there anything you want to tell the tell the folks
0: that we're just gonna be trying to podcast a little bit more, trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter and TikTok and everything? So just be on the lookout for our content. Yeah. So, anyways, hopping into our pre-draft special. We have some basic headlines to start here, and two things that we don't really have to explain much, but we wanted to mention is that the Browns re signed safety Ronnie Harrison, which could affect their draft plans. Going into the draft, it looked like they could be drafting another safety, but with Ronnie coming back, I am kind of doubting that now. And then also, defensive end Jadavion Clowney is still wavering on where he should go and where he should sign, but Miles Garrett just threw an Instagram story up with him, so. Maybe we could be seeing the return of Clowney.
1: I feel like at this point I'd be shocked if Clowney didn't come back to the Cleveland Browns. It just seems like everything's pointing there. I don't but then again, like I don't know what's holding it up. I think the Browns offered that two year twenty four million, so I mean twelve million a year for him is probably good. I mean that's right in the range that I feel like he's worth so I don't know what's holding that up, but hopefully he'll be back. And then yeah, so we got some notable free agents here, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about the receivers. I think we should kick it off, though, and talk about some positions of need and just kind of the overall outline that we have for you guys. So we're going to talk about the, the Browns draft picks, some prospects that they're going to be targeting, uh, specifically with that number 44 overall pick, and then we could talk a little bit about each guy and just give you give you guys a little rundown for those of you who have who haven't been following the draft super closely. Um, and then we'll also be following this up, episode up with a post-draft episode breaking down our picks. So without further ado, some wide, some positions of need for the Cleveland Browns, and that would be wide receiver, defensive tackle, defensive end, tight end, and kicker. John, which of those positions do you think are the most important for the Browns to target this year?
0: I think the defensive line, like me and you have always said, Jack, It starts on both sides of the ball at offensive and defensive line positions, and the Browns' defensive line is something that honestly scares me right now. It scares me very much, their lack of defensive end depth and starting caliber players at the defensive tackle position, so I think that they're going to really hit this hard, and I do think that they should hit it really hard, so that's going to be of most importance. And then obviously they want to go out and get that third or second wide receiver that they can go to in the offense.
1: Yeah. I do. I agree. I think as far as drafting goes, I think defensive line, you're right, is is the most important because, like I mentioned earlier, we have some free agents that are still available at wide receiver. And obviously there's some prospects that could fall at wide receiver that make you maybe make you change your mind. But you still got guys like Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Deshaun Jackson, who just posted on Instagram that he wants to come to Cleveland. I got to mention Odell Beckham Jr. because he's still out there although I don't think he is coming back after the way those things ended. So I do feel like there's there's more wide receiver talent still out there on the market, and then you could maybe address defensive line in the draft. So as far as our draft picks are concerned, obviously with that Deshaun Watson trade, we are, are much lower on capital than we previously were, but we still have a lot of picks. I mean, we still got seven picks right here in this year's draft. So, that leading, the most important pick is obviously that second round, pick 44. We got two third-rounders, pick 78 and 99. 99 was a compensatory selection. And then we got the fourth-round pick, number 118, a sixth-rounder, 202, and then two seventh-rounders. And then obviously I know that Barry is not drafted in the seventh round recently, so we may or may not have players picked with those picks. But those are the picks that we got.
0: Yeah, the Browns are coming here with a little less than anticipated, but that's fine because they know they have their quarterback now. But yeah, they really got a hit on the second and third round picks. They got the 99th overall pick for Quessy going to be the GM of the Vikings, so that helps a lot too. And yeah, Barry has never picked in the seventh round, so maybe we see him package two of those seventh round picks to maybe move up to the sixth round if he wants to. But we'll see. I think you also yeah.
1: you also have the possibility that Baker Mayfield gets traded on draft day, so you never know. There could be another third round
0: pick, or who knows what he's going for at this point. But. Anyways, I think we just hop right into our prospects we have here, Jack. So like we listed for yes. you guys, we have some positions of need, including wide receiver, defensive tackle, defensive end, tight end, and kicker. So I'm gonna list off our. Guys at the wide receiver position, we will start there. So that includes Sky Moore, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, John Mechie, and Christian Watson.
1: So, yeah, so these are guys that are all potentially available at 44. We didn't mention, and obviously, your Garrett Wilson and Chris Olavi, so who are going to be long gone by this point in the draft. Also, we're not really talking about them because Barry came out and said that it's unlikely that the Browns are trading into round one. Not impossible, but unlikely. So we figured we'd save you guys some time. We're going to talk about these guys that the Browns are targeting. Starting off with Sky Moore. He, this is a guy was really, really productive at Western Michigan. A smaller school, but he had 95 receptions, 1,292 yards, and touchdowns. So obviously the production is there. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he's super young. And then he's he's a little bit undersized, which, which I guess is the knock on him. That's why he's available here, but his profile is really really good, and and PFF loves them. Obviously, I think he's their twenty second overall player on their big board. A guy that could really it really fits today's NFL, and and is someone that the Browns could target alongside Amari Cooper.
0: Sky Moore really really racked it up on the stat sheet with ninety five receptions and twelve hundred yards. He is a guy that did play at Western Michigan, so versus a little less bit of talent, but is someone that PFF graded as their number one wide receiver. So, you know, he has upside, could come in and play in the slot. The next guy that we have here for you is a favorite around a lot of Browns fans, and that's George Pickens. He's a Georgia alum. He's a junior. He tore his ACL at the end of 2020, so he barely played last year, where he did have five receptions for 107 yards, but he has size. He's 6'3".
1: Yeah, the thing about George Pickens, like you said, the injury, he, he is immense talent. And if he didn't get injured, probably would be a top guy in this class. But the injury concerns and then the lack of production because of those injuries, is definitely leaves something to be imagined. So next we got Penn State wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. And Jahan Dotson is a guy who's really underrated, in my opinion. 91 catches, 1,182 yards, 12 touchdowns had a super low drop rate, has some of the best hands in this class, and is a guy that if we were able to snag at 44, I'd be ecstatic.
0: Yeah, I definitely think this is someone that can come in and spark up the Browns' offense. Like you said, the one thing that really stands out to me about Dotson is his low drop rate. He had a drop rate of 2.2% on 137 targets. So when you're throwing this guy the ball, he's hauling it in. 98% of the time. So this is someone that I would enjoy adding into the offense and Our next player is a Todd player and that is John Mechie who was a junior at Alabama He had 96 receptions last year. So a lot of balls 1142 yards and eight touchdowns, but I'm gonna let Jack take this one because he doesn't have quite of a high opinion on Mechie
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge John Mechie fan, mainly because of the college dominator rating, which if you don't know what that is, basically measures what percentage of your yards and touchdowns, like relative to the overall percentage of offense. So he never broke 20% and he had a really low percentage as far as receivers go. Yes, you can maybe credit some of that to the guys that he was playing around. I know there was a lot of talent at wide receiver at Alabama these last few years. However... A lot of the other guys that were there were able to get their their dominated rating up. And I, overall, I just don't feel like John Metchie is the most inspiring athlete. I know he's fast, but for me, it's I just think there's a lot better options in that range.
0: And our last wide receiver that we have here is Christian Watson, who I'm personally not the biggest fan of. But he does bring something that only one wide receiver else on this list does, and that's size. Watson is 6'4". He played at North Dakota State where he was a junior last year. He had 43 receptions for 800 yards and seven touchdowns. I'm scared of him personally because, you know, of lower production. He did play against FCS talent, so that also scares me as well.
1: Yeah, the thing with Christian Watson, though, is, and and I wouldn't be shocked to see him go at the end of the first round. I feel like he's got some of the most upside in this entire draft class as far as wide receiver and is probably the best athlete in this, in this draft at wide receiver. But like you said, you know, between the FCS level competition and then the fact that he's honestly a pretty unrefined wide receiver, he's got a lot of work to do in terms of his hands. He had almost a 10% drop rate. His route running is a little uncreative, although for a six, four guy, he can get in and out of breaks. So Super polarizing player, ton of upside. Could you know? It would not shock me to see him be the best receiver in this draft, but also he could be a complete flop. So a guy that it's a really boomer bust there. As far as John, real quick, who is your favorite guy? Like if if perfect dream scenario, who do you want the Browns to take at forty four?
0: And I'll have you answer this right after me. But the guy that I really like is George Pickens, and I know. You're obviously not the biggest fan of him, but I've liked Pickens ever since he came out of high school. You know, he has a huge frame. That's something that the Browns have kind of lacked. And yes, he did not produce when he came back from injury this past year. But you could also say that he rushed back from that injury to come help out Georgia with their title run. So I think when he's back to full health, he'll be perfectly fine. He's a big play threat, but he can also get you on first and second down as well.
1: Yeah. I just want to clarify. I don't hate George Pickens. I just, I feel like I've cooled off a little bit. I feel like some people are overrating him. I've seen a ton of hype and I get it. Like he's a super high profile guy coming out of high school and is super athletic and really the injuries are why he fell. But for me, it's Jahan Dotson. I, I like, I would honestly like to get a smaller guy to put next to Amari Cooper. Cause you can kind of have Cooper as that X, obviously Donovan Peoples Jones is a big frame. You got, Schwartz doing the uh, deep go route so then if you could get a guy like Jahan Dotson who can kind of fill that Jarvis Landry role I think that works really well and I'm obviously a big fan of him and what he did at Penn State so moving on to the defensive tackle prospects this is a, a position that I really hope that the Browns focus on although in the past we've seen Andrew Barry he doesn't seem to have a huge emphasis on this position which is somewhat frustrating but Starting it off, we've got Travis Jones, who is a junior out of UConn, 6'4", 333 pounds, this absolute unit of a man, had 48 tackles and four and a half sacks. What What are your thoughts on Travis Jones, John?
0: Yeah, so Travis Jones is arguably one of the best interior defenders that the Browns could get in the second round. If he doesn't go in the end of the first round, Jack, he has that much talent you know, he's great with the pass rush with four and a half sacks. That is a decent amount for a defensive tackle. That's not Aaron Donald, obviously. And then, you know, he's really, really good against the run. He graded out at 86.8, which is top of the line. He is a big, big boy at 333 pounds. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the Browns did option to go defensive tackle here over a wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I, I like Travis Jones, but I think this next guy we're going to talk about is someone that you and I both are super high on and would probably prefer over him, and that's Perry on Winfrey, the senior out of Oklahoma. Another behemoth of a man, 6'4", 292 pounds, had 23 tackles and five and a half sacks. Really what stands out to me, though, is this guy's just athleticism and his highlight tape. If you go and type in Perrion Winfrey highlights, you're going to be entertained. I can guarantee you that. He... he I think the biggest thing is just his athleticism. He ran a four eight nine forty at that size, which is ridiculous. That was ninetieth percentile among defensive interior tackles. And and this guy's an absolute monster.
0: Yeah, I really like Perrion as well. I think he has the best name in the draft this year. But <laughs> He does have one little flaw, and that's his run defense grade, which was 49.6 this past year. I didn't want to mention that, but he's great in the pass rush game as well. He did have a run stop rate of 6.1% too, which was above average. But, you know, Perry on someone the Browns could even try to snag Jack at 78. He's someone that could fall to that 78 pick. So the Browns could look at drafting a wide receiver at 44 and then Perry on at 78. But he also could be gone. Noting that he does have, you know, freakish athleticism for someone of his size. So this is another guy that I would love the Browns to take.
1: Yeah. So uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about Perion and his age for just a second because I have a tweet here by Felix Zurek, who took a look at the average drafty age of the nfl gms dating back to 2017 basically like they averaged out all the draft picks that each gm has made and and looked at their age and there's one guy that stands out like way more than the rest he's a complete outlier and that is none other than andrew Berry. andrew Berry's average age of his draft picks has been about 21 and a half to 21 in three quarters the second closest GM, Steve Keim of the Arizona Cardinals, who is at almost 22 and a half. So Andrew Barry's is drafting guys that are almost a full year younger on average than the next lowest team. So clearly age is something that he he values, right? If you're able to produce at a young age, that means you're probably a, a very talented player. And Perry on Winfrey sticks out to me for that reason, because he's only 21 in 21.7 years old guys like Fidarian Mathis and even Travis Jones Fidarian Mathis is almost 24 and then Travis Jones is 22 and a half. So Winfrey on top of being an absolute beast also hits that age that age checkmark. So for me, if I'm the Browns, he checks all the boxes.
0: So our last player at defensive tackle is Fidarian Mathis. And he stands out here, Jack, because I mean, in his redshirt season, he did produce stats wise. He, he, he did have 53 tackles and nine sacks at Alabama, Roll Todd. And, you know, he has a good frame as well at 6'4, 312. So he's kind of in between Winfrey and Jones with weight wise. And I know a lot of teams do value weight with their interior defensive linemen. So, you know, he's a good balance between the two. But he is 24 years old, which is something that Andrew Barry does look down upon.
1: Yeah, he's 24. Really, like you said, his weight's great. You know, his bull rush is elite. Just strength is, is overall where he wins. Obviously, he put up the stats, but at age 24, I'm hoping you're putting up stats versus 20-year-olds. And then the one thing that I feel like is his knock is he's just not super, at like, agile. Like, his, his real go-to move is just the bull rush which may or may not work against those NFL offensive linemen so we'll see not a guy that I, I honestly expect the Browns to take but certainly a guy that they should look at if if he's there so moving on to defensive end prospects and this is another position that the Browns should look at as far as number one depth and then number two Clowney doesn't resign and then even if Clowney does like he's not our long-term answer most likely so these guys are all some, someone that should be on our radar and starting that off we got nick bonito a junior out of oklahoma 6'3 240 pounds 39 tackles seven sacks this guy is more of i would say a coverage guy more than a true defensive end like he's kind of that he's very athletic he's not a super strong massive guy at only 240 pounds but a guy that certainly fits andrew Berry's system
0: yeah bonito did have a drop off this past year from his 2020 year where he did have eight sacks in the shortened season. But, you know, he still graded really, really well with a 92.6 pass rush grade. He had a pass rush win rate, Jack, of 29%, which is really, really good. So he's a guy that the Browns could look at, taking at 44, or maybe even if he drops to 78. But the athleticism's there, maybe not the size.
1: Yeah, 100%. Next guy, we got Drake Jackson, a.k.a. the QB killer. Although I don't know how well that name suits him if you look at his Instagram. But he is a junior out of USC, 6'4", 250 pounds, 37 tackles, 5 stacks, certainly a top prospect at his position in this draft. John, what are your thoughts on Drake Jackson?
0: So Drake Jackson is another guy that can actually get at the quarterback. He's not lying when he does say he is a killer. But he did have a 19.9% QB pass rush win rate. So he's another guy that can obviously get after the quarterback. He is 6'3", so he's a little bit more on the smaller size, but he is 254 pounds, so his frame is filled out at this point. He's someone that the Browns could try to develop into a long-term pass rush partner for Miles Garrett. And basically all of these guys are, Jack. I agree that at this point, Jadavion Clowney, with his age and not wanting to sign like somewhere long-term, He's not going to be that guy. So all of these guys, you know, they're not going to come and have 12 sacks in their rookie year, but they're going to be someone that the Browns will try to develop. And talking about developing, that takes us into our next prospect here, and that is David Ajabo, the junior from Michigan. He is 6'5", 250, so he has size and weight. He had 35 tackles last year with 11 sacks. But he tore his Achilles at his pro day. It was pretty bad. So I'm going to let you speak on him since you are a big Michigan fan.
1: Yeah, this was super sad for me because this was a guy that was a guarantee to go first round. Tears his Achilles at pro day. And obviously Achilles is an injury that's extremely hard to come back from. Not, Not a good look at all. I would even maybe consider passing on him even if he fell to 44. But here's the thing. The guy's super talented. He had 11 sacks, like you said. And and really, like if he can make that recovery, is going to be a steal at 44. It's just about how well he can recover. The other thing that I think bodes against him is the fact that he is kind of more of a finesse pass rusher anyway. Like He wasn't a big, super strong guy. He didn't have a great bull rush or run defense. So he relied on that agility and explosiveness. That Achilles is going to absolutely nerf that, so that's something that really worries me. However, the upside's there is this guy would have been a top, probably t- top twenty pick, if he didn't get injured. So, really tough story there, but some upside, and, and that would certainly be interesting at forty-four. Next up, we've got Kingsley Inegbare. He's a South Carolina guy, Gamecocks, go Cox. He's a senior. 6'4", 265, he had 44 tackles, 4.5 sacks, and this is a guy that I obviously like a lot as well, but is also somewhat of a project, as his stats weren't incredible, they didn't pop off off the page.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to let you speak on him more, I just did want to mention two things real quick. His run defense isn't all that great, but he can rush the passer, like all of these other guys. He had a pass rush grade of 92.5% and a win rate of 25.9%, but... Let me hear from the cock himself, Jack. What's so good about this guy? Yeah, I
1: don't know how well I like being described as a cock, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, alright, so here's the thing with Kingsley. He, he was super streaky. Like, he would have some games where he was everywhere, and then some games where you didn't even hear his name which is a little bit worrisome to me but here when you're looking at his his actual what he brings to the table he's got super heavy hands he's a big guy like he, he moves people which is which is what you like to see he's got great size and length pff has actually has him at 271 pounds so so very very big and then obviously he was productive in the sec which is always hard to do but again just can he can be shut down at times which is my worry with him and definitely why he's guy not someone that i would honestly as, as much as i love him probably not my number one choice for the defensive ends but someone that if he pans out and if you can develop him could be really good so moving on to our final defensive end we got demarvin leal texas a&m junior for 290 absolutely has the size 58 tackles eight and a half seconds he can play both inside and outside so this guy is a guy who can really do it all
0: Yeah, so DeMarvin Leal is someone that I like, Jack. I'm someone that I wanted to talk about. He did regress from his 2020 season this past year, but in regression, he still put up eight and a half sacks with 58 tackles. So this guy can get it done. He has a big frame. He's versatile, which is something the Browns look for in their defensive linemen, people that can play on the inside and the outside. We saw both Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett do that this past year. Same with someone like... Malik Jackson who did it as well playing defensive tackle and and for the Browns as well now Marvin is someone that if I were the Browns I would try to pick up in the third round coming into this year he was a first round guy in all of these mocks but with his play he did drop down a bit but it's someone that I would be excited to see the Browns pick up at 99
1: absolutely so those that wraps it up for our defensive end prospects defensive line in general Definitely some good targets, Um, and I'm going to ask you the same question, John. If there's a guy at 44 between both the defensive tackle and defensive end
0: that you would like to see the Browns take, who would that be? As much as I would like to take a pass rusher, I think that the Browns can and will eventually bring bring back Clowney, so I, I really think that defensive tackle is the weakest part of their roster, so I'd be very, very happy with Travis Jones or Perry on Winfrey.
1: I agree. I would say Perrion Winfrey would be number number one, Travis Jones number two. All right, finally, we've got tight end prospects, and then we'll finish it off with one kicker prospect. But at tight end, this is a pretty weak tight end class, especially compared to last year, where you had guys like Kyle Pitts and Pat Freermuth come out. But without a doubt, the number one tight end in this class is Trey McBride, the senior out of Colorado State. 6'4", 260, he ran a 4'6", so he absolutely has the speed. And this is a rare case of a guy who was extremely productive in college. Like, you don't see these numbers very often. He had 90 catches, 1,121 yards, only one touchdown, but was the focal point of this offense. So that is something that is really enticing for a lot of NFL GMs in this day and age where tight ends are more involved in the pass game as ever.
0: Yeah, so the one thing that does concern me about Trey Jack is the one touchdown. But the thing is, for the Browns, your are franchise taking David Njoku. So what we're looking for with these tight ends this year in this draft is someone that can come in and A, block. You know, block for the pass, block for the run. And then someone that's young, athletic, has size, and that the Browns you know, can develop. So we're not looking for someone to come in and have 1,142 yards like Trey McBride did last year at Colorado State. So he is enticing as a project for the Browns, someone that can come in and maybe have 10 to 15 receptions on the year but can also block. And at Colorado State this past year, he had a run block rate of 69.3, which was above the 75th percentile for tight ends. So he's someone that I would like.
1: Yeah, he's a really all-around guy. He can do it all. Jelani Woods is a guy who I think is even a bigger project than Trey McBride, but certainly has enticing upside. A junior out of Virginia, and I believe he transferred to Virginia at one point, but he's six seven, six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, ran a four-six one. So athletically, this guy is the total package. I mean, these guys are, is a unicorn right here, but he has a ton of work to do on his actual skills at the position. He had 44 catches, 598 yards, eight touchdowns last year, and really, I guess his, his knock is that his route running is not, not smooth at all. He just looks a little awkward, and at that size, you're going to be a little awkward.
0: Yeah, so the thing with Jelani Woods is he did have a 10.2% drop rate, which is not good. And his run block rate was fifty-one point six percent. So I feel like this is a guy that couldn't come in and make a big impact with the Browns in his first year, somewhat of like how Harrison Bryant did in his rookie year with the Browns. But Jelani Woods at six seven and with his speed, Jack, that is a like scary red zone threat, you know, throwing it up to a tight end in the corner of the end zone. So that's somewhere where, you know, if the Browns were interested, could snag him in the third or fourth round and you know, try some jump balls with him in the end zone in his first year. But definitely a bigger, bigger project.
1: Right. Finally, we've got Ohio State, Jeremy Ruckert, who's a senior, five, two 252 pounds, pretty low producer in college statistically, but he he's a good blocker. So 26 catches, 309 yards, three touchdowns last season. I'll let you talk about your boy right here.
0: Yeah, so McBride was 22. Jelani Woods was 23, and Ruckert's still 21, Jack. But Ruckert is someone that I really like, someone that the Browns could draft in the fourth or fifth round. They're obviously not going to take him in the second round. But Ohio State does barely use tight ends. If I was a tight end coming out of high school, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go to OSU if I'm going to be completely honest with you because they just don't utilize it in their offense, and that shows with Jeremy Ruckert and the amount of targets that he's gotten over the years in this offense. He did have a career-high targets of 39 this year. But it's not a lot. One thing that I do like about him is that he's very, very good at blocking. And you saw that with Ohio State's offense and their run game this past year. He had a, a run block rate of 68.3 this past year. I mean, he's good in that department. He can also call in the ball, Jack. He had a drop rate of 3.7%. You know, he's fast. He's twitchy. He, he can catch the ball. He's not going to drop it. So he's someone that I really think could be a good fit and, you know, someone that they could really develop into a good tight end.
1: Yeah, a very solid player, but I don't know if he's ever going to have the upside of the two guys we mentioned mm-hmm. before him. With that said, that pretty much wraps it up as far as the the, the main prospects that the Browns should be looking at at tight end. Again, it's a very weak class. So moving on, we got one more position, and that is kicker Cameron Dicker. That kind of rhymed. I liked that. He's a senior out of Texas, horns down baby, and he had an 86% field goal percentage, which is pretty good. 98% extra point percentage in a, a season-long of 50 yards. I'll, I'm going to let you give your thoughts, but I feel like this is a guy that I'm not even smelling to like the 6th 7th round, but is some, someone that would probably be an upgrade over Chase McLaughlin.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, if the Browns were drafting a kicker, it would be in the 6th or 7th round, but Dicker is someone that a lot of Browns fans are high on. I'm not as high on him, He did have a field goal percentage of 86.7%, but before that he was at 71%, 77%, and 72%. So what I do like to see with kickers is stabilization over their career, and he just did not have that. He does have a leg with a career-long in college of 57, but he did only attempt eight field goals over 50 yards in college and only made half of them, so he's not someone I'm too hot on.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, I guess if Andrew Berry does use a seventh-round pick, which we've said he, he hasn't, I feel like it might be for a guy like this, but again, someone that I feel like should get, like, they're a little bit overhyped right now. I feel like we need to pump the brakes, but it's someone that, if you're going to draft the kicker, it, it would probably be this guy. So that wraps it up for our pre-draft Browns coverage. We are definitely going to be coming back at you guys with a post-draft where we really get into a little bit more specifics with the guys that we- that we've taken and break it all down for you but hopefully that gives you guys a good starting base of of what the browns are looking at so anything you want to you want to say to sign these guys off
0: no i'm just excited to see what happens this thursday friday and saturday it's andrew Berry's third year in the draft so we'll see how he does it kind of sucks that we don't have a first round pick to be honest with you but the browns will be fine they're gonna add some guys that can come in and make an immediate impact so i'm excited nope.
1: Absolutely. And follow us on Twitter. We're gonna have a ton of draft coverage there at hottest underscore take pod. And with that, we will see y'all in the next episode.
0: Stay hot our thanks. friends. And thanks to you guys, we made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Cold Melody on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.